This is the Transformation Bros Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jason and Nathan. Hey guys, welcome to episode 49. I hope you're uh, having a great day. Everything in your world is going good. And um, here we are. Welcome everyone. Yeah. So I've Kyoto had an interesting week. In New Zealand. Oh, Kyoto. Yeah. Yeah, you've had an interesting week. What's going on? Talk what's to us. What's going Tell on? Tell the people. Tell the people what's happening for you. Well, I want to let you know that my son got uh, hit by a car on his push bike uh, yeah. and learned a very valuable lesson. What was the lesson? Look Don't get before hit. you leap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so grateful that it worked out all right. Oh, yeah, he got scary. hit fair and square, like actually um, on his leg kind of thing. Parallel, yeah. So he didn't, um, he kind of got flung onto the road and he only got um, mild concussion and scratches and bruises. Wow. So, and my um my other son was following him and yelled out no just as he yeah took off just and carried on. Uh, Rico was like I didn't even see him and Tyler my other son was like you only looked left <laughs> <laughs> it was eight o'clock in the morning so oh no look left and right people. yeah right first then scary left. isn't it it's scary for the drivers as well <clears throat> yeah yeah that's crazy did mm. he learn anything from that did you he learn did. anything did I learn anything uh. No, just gratitude, just mm. grateful. Oh, that, God. Um, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't go that way now. Oh, really? He uses the crossing. There's ah, a, yeah. yeah, that's an alleyway that goes, you know, and it doesn't have a mm. controlled intersection. So he's like, no, Dad, I'm going to go the other way. Yeah, so smart. I guess the best thing is when our children learn a lesson and don't get really injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be my take on it. <sighs> yeah, totally. <clears throat> wow. Well, I have had a good start to the week as well. And this week I'm launching a new program. It's a collaboration. You guys might have remembered. I'm not Mm. sure if I've talked about it on the podcast, but one thing I wanted to do more of this year was collaborations because when you're a coach like me and you're working from home, it can be a bit lonely at times or Mm. I just crave that sense of teamwork and having someone else working on stuff with me. Mm. So I'm doing a collaboration with the New Zealand AIDS Foundation and the majority of... uh, uh, people with AIDS still tend to be, you know, gay men, men that have sex with men. And they have a therapy team at the wow. AIDS Foundation. So any of those men, um, they don't necessarily have to be HIV positive or have AIDS, but any anyone that interacts with the AIDS Foundation can have six free therapy sessions oh, wow. in New Zealand, nice. which is such a gift. You know, we should all be um, looking at therapy and, and taking those opportunities um, when they're available. 100%. So I had a meeting with them last year and they said, well, um, outside of therapy, which is often, you know, trauma responses or what we might call um, uh, not emergency stuff, but, you know, like stuff that's really urgent, urgent in the moment. Yeah. I can't remember there's a word for it. I'm just slipping my mind. But Crisis. Um, yes, that's right. Yeah, like crisis stuff. Um, so they said, like, in, in a coaching context, what we really need is – uh, sort of for longer term stuff is things around connection and loneliness and they told me that from what they hear from their clients there's a bit of a loneliness epidemic among gay men and bisexual men uh, which I really understand because lots of different reasons which we can talk about um, yeah there's there's a lack of connection in that community mm. and then she also said something really interesting that sort of helped crystallize my own experience which was uh Gay men often don't know who they are. They have a hard time being authentic because they had to hide their sexuality earlier in their life. So they created a very strong mask 
to hide that mm, persona. Yeah, yeah. But the part that was interesting to me was that when they decided to come out, they didn't necessarily become fully authentic. They just replaced one mask with another mask. Yeah. Wow. So they just sort of created a whole new persona that was like their gay persona, but it still didn't quite. It doesn't necessarily feel like a deep authenticity of who they really, really are below all of that. Oh, yeah, right down there. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go on an exploration. I think we have um, five or seven men committed to wow. our first program Yeah, uh, over 90 days where we're going to actually work with them to help them develop more connection and discover who they are and be more authentic in a really safe, confidential space and actually have that sense of, being seen and heard and and um and loved for who they really are. Wow. And experience what too. that feels like. <laughs> I know. I think we could all do with that. Totally. Wow. And I'm so excited about it mm. because one, it's a collaboration and I don't feel like I'm on my own. Two, um this feels like giving back to a community that's really close to my heart. Yeah. Um so it feels like a real contribution, which is exciting. And I'm just excited to do the work. Mm. Um I think when I've launched new programs in the past, there's always been a quite a strong sense of nervousness because mm. you know it's been new. And but I've done this type of work so much now that I don't feel nervous about yeah um, giving the work. I I just feel pure excitement. I know what's coming. Wow! So that's super exciting. Mm. Does that stuff resonate with you? Like if you if you think about authenticity and being yourself, <laughs> like what does that mean for you? Oh man, yeah, that's. I mean, I, I how do you live confidently as a gay man now? Yeah, I well, I just have to um, think about it a lot. <laughs> I have to try and connect. No, that's funny. A quick aside: is my favourite comedian Norm Macdonald died a few months ago, and one of his jokes when he was on Larry King in the interview, um, he said, "Larry, um, one thing a lot of people don't know about me is I'm a deeply closeted gay man." And Larry said, "What you're revealing to the nation that you're gay?" And he said, "No." So I'm deeply closeted. Yeah. Gay yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing to see here. That's such a funny joke. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good t- good um topic. Oh, so you, sorry. Authenticity. Like what is that what does it mean to you? Because I know we talked about connection a lot, but for you, what does authenticity mean? Like what, did you feel inauthentic or have you felt like you've been hiding at times in your life or that you weren't fully yourself or Wow. Scary. That's what it means. Right. Um, basically, yeah, so for me it would be what does that even mean? So most of my life I've not thought about it. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, because we're living life, right? We're in it. We're just uh, um, a product of our circumstances and our experiences and our childhood and our friendships and all that sort of stuff. So for me, um, when it when I did start thinking about it, it was like, oh, shit, I can't talk about that. I don't, you know, maybe this is a bit, maybe I'm a bit weak. Maybe, you know, these thoughts that I've got about healing the world and um, I've always been very helpful to people. I want people to get along. And when I first started looking at that, that was actually just a comfort zone. It was actually to keep myself like nice and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Nothing to see here. <clears throat> Help everybody. Keep it all. Keep moving. So yeah, being when, if you're asking me what did you ask me what's my what's journey your, or yeah, what's what it is like? your journey or like I, I'm actually curious also like do you remember a time that you realised you were inauthentic or that you even that you didn't know who you really were? 
and then you realize geez i'm just i just i just say the right thing at the right time i'm just a walking robot something like that yeah for sure yeah well i did i mean it was when my last marriage broke up mm. eight years ago um and it was you know what the fuck am i doing who what how did this happen I guess when I looked at how did it happen, I had to look at my role in it. And then I was like, well, who am I? What am I doing? Why did this happen? And I was a people pleaser, a nice guy. I'm a recovering nice guy. And that doesn't mean being a not nice guy. That's not what that means. It means like being aware of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it when I'm being nice. And then... um, I love how you put me on the spot here this morning. This is crazy. Yeah. Oh, we're just going to talk about this other stuff. And then <laughs> Immediately like, turn it on you. Yeah. Well done. Sneaky. Yeah. Um, but in that process, understanding what I want to do with my life, I think it's the most, like people talk about purpose and mission and being authentic and all that sort of stuff. And it's quite scary because at the first glance, it's like, well, I have no idea. Like, what do I actually want to do? And I hear it a lot. People are like, oh, I wish I had a purpose. Or what is my purpose? How do I find my purpose? All that sort of stuff. <clears throat> and if I think about the last episode, we were just talking about dropping into the body and really feeling ourselves. Um, that's where it's going to come from. And that's where it started coming from for me. What am I doing? What am I creating? Who am I being? And the first thing then that comes out of my body is fear of getting that wrong or not being good enough because it's quite holistic. And I don't know if you've noticed, but we're quite a staunch society. We don't really want to talk about anything namby-pamby. We don't want to appear weak. We don't want to get things wrong or say the wrong thing. So noticing for me, the first thing was how controlled I was and and in conversation I started to notice I was saying things, but there was a deeper there was a deeper expression underneath. Wow, that's a good one. So say that again. I would notice in conversation I'd be saying things, but there's a deeper expression. So you wants weren't come actually out. saying what you were really feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talk about the weather. We keep it light. Don't want to upset anybody. It's that people pleasing, nice guy thing. But there was something else inside you that was sort of crying to come out almost. Oh, it's squeaking like in the, like, a, like a little mouth. But that's it's that uncovering, discovering of what is it that's in me. And I can't say it enough, but sitting, meditating, being with myself is how that stuff comes out. Because the monkey brain's like volume 99. Mm. It's just going all the time. How do I keep safe? What? How do I interact? What do I say? How do I manage everything? How do I control all these situations so I don't get found out or I don't get caught out or I don't say something wrong and then I'm going to feel bad? I don't want to feel bad. The most important thing is that I never fucking feel bad. Mm. Everything's fine. Nothing to see. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, the deeper expression is um, I want to be more connected. I want to, I want to feel shit. When I broke up with my last wife, I learned in that moment that I couldn't feel. I couldn't feel love. I couldn't feel connection. You remember that conversation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had that about eight years ago, and it was really kind of fell out of me in the talk that we were having. Mm. I was like, I was real frustrated, and I was like, I can't feel anything. 
But even until that moment, I didn't realise I couldn't feel anything. Mm. No one had actually come up to me and said, hey, are you a feeler? You know, how do you feel? In fact, how do you feel is one of the questions I ask the most people. I ask the most now. And still it's not enough. But how... So when I realised I couldn't feel, that was the journey to... And that's when I I realised there was something under there that wanted to come out where it was a part of my feeling. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots to unpack there, isn't there? There's like... There's a truth inside of you. There's some about you know wanting to heal the world and wanting not wanting to share that. And then there's sort of feelings and emotions in the body that are actually you, yeah, that you're experiencing that aren't able to come out. Like authenticity is actually quite a nuanced, complex thing, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. I guess it might be easier to look at um, inauthenticity. I think it's easy to look at inauthenticity like you're doing something wrong, or like it's ugh. That guy's so inauthentic, you know. That's not what we're talking about. I think it's it's understanding that it's more the journey towards authenticity than someone being fake. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And it's so it's it's looking at it and going, oh, through conditioning and society and polite society and yeah, whatever our parents told us was the right thing to be. We we learn to actually cover over a lot of stuff that we were experiencing in our body, you know. Yeah. Well, we're never, we're never asked how we feel or like it's a bit like when, we, when we're children, we're told it's seen and not heard. Yeah. <laughs> Just be seen and not heard. What the fuck does that even mean? That's like you're annoying. Don't be annoying. Just be seen. I want to see you, but I don't want to. Fucking hear you. Yeah, close all that off. Close all Any that off. Sense of expression I want closed up. Yeah, stop crying. Why are you crying? Like we don't do crying. Yeah, I don't you didn't see me crying. Jeez. Awful. Cut it out. So we're not like um Yeah, we train people out and, of it yeah, all that. We actually train society out of it. And I think we're shifting now. Yeah. With awareness, oh, yeah. You know? Yep. And uh but it gosh, it'd be one of the biggest gifts that I give my children is the freedom to be how they are. And I'm not perfect. I don't do it every time. There's plenty of times when I'm just mad, yeah. you know, shut up. <laughs> yeah. But we don't, I don't say shut up to them. But, but you've probably like, had I'm enough not, conversations not, that yeah. they can identify when it's about you and not them. Like whether yeah. you're dad, you're just mad, or dad, you're angry, or, yeah, you know. And I can accept that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Straight away, no problem. Yep, you guys are right. I'm like wrong. an hour later. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, but I, what I want to say too, sorry, is um, that that voice in our head and all those repeating patterns, all that um, social conditioning, that's actually not us. I firmly believe that that's not me. That's my coping mechanisms to get through. That's my strategies, my manipulation, yeah. my looking good, my fear of getting it wrong. All That's what's going on up there. And that the sooner I learned that, the the easier it was to let go of that mm-hmm. and go, oh, wow, look at me go. Look at that. I'm... I'm doing this, I'm operating in this way, I'm making sure I've got this right sentence, I'm make, you know, and then when I learned I could be in my body, and this would be a massive win for me over the last couple of years, is now I'm like, I can check in and go, how do I feel about that? I'm a fucking no for that. I'm just a no. Mm. And no's a complete sentence. It's so freeing. Because it might be, it might not be like, can you help me shift my house on the weekend? <laughs> Which is, <laughs> is fast becoming more of a no. But it might be, um, how do I think, what do I think of something? 
and like it, I want it, the agreeableness or the people pleasing will be like, oh yeah, you know, I kind of don't agree, but then we sort of find this mutual ground. Yeah, so that everybody's safe. Everybody's no safe and happy. Hurt, as they mm. say. So it's vulnerable. Jason and Nathan. I for my birthday on Sunday morning, um, uh, everyone at the table they decided um, to do acknowledgements of what they love about me. Oh, that's how yeah. good. We don't do that enough. When I say we? they decided, I asked them all. <laughs> okay, guys, um, just a quick round. What do you love about me? Yeah. Okay, we'll Hit start me. with you. I'm ready. <laughs> no, it was very lovely and spontaneous and very uncomfortable, as it always is, to yeah. hear that stuff about yourself. Right. But some of the most surprising things that people acknowledged me for was how I don't mince my words and mm. how I'm really direct and I just say what I feel mm. and that I um, then I move on. I don't hold grudges. I share in the moment what's my truth even if it might be a bit painful for the person hearing it uh, but I'm never saying it from a malicious place I'm just being mm. honest and you've been working on that right is that a well this is my point that's yeah. why I brought it up thanks for shitting on my point before I got there yeah but uh, <laughs> I like to do that <laughs> I, I got like, him first people that was the most incredible thing like that is not who I've been right it was almost bizarre to hear that that's their experience it's of totally this. yeah it's like oh but i know when i look at my relationship with those people i'm like yeah i actually am like that i try and yeah i just don't i i think like you said i'm just not up for that I, that's my energy right now it's like i just don't ugh, like it feels so exhausting to try and people please and make up some you know that that feels more exhausting it used to be the other way around being authentic and honest felt scary and hard and uncomfortable mm-hmm. now it feels really uncomfortable and exhausting to sort of make you know pretend or be nice so that was really interesting and i was just really present to like wow that's taken a lot of work yeah but now that's you know that's a shift that's a transformation in my experience of life yeah and as a result i don't harbor a lot of resentment in my Mm. life i don't walk Mm. around holding grudges Mm. because i'm really clear on what i'm a yes to what i'm a no to what i like what i don't like and i have there's more conflict because people will go, oh, that's rude, or oh, God, yeah. why are you saying that? Or I can't believe, you know. So there's more discussion. Yeah. But ultimately, I, it's, I feel clean and clear a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because oftentimes we'll have conflict and I'll realize, oh, yeah, that was a bit harsh the way I said that. Sorry, I didn't mean it that way. You can what clean I mean up. was this. Yeah. Yeah. But that opportunity never comes when you're trying to constantly preempt what's going to make everybody feel good. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I love that you mentioned resentment. Because I used to think it was anger. I used to think I had a lot of unresolved anger. <laughs> and then I quickly learned there was actually resentment. Yeah. Because I couldn't speak my truth and I couldn't be who I wanted to be. It was um it was underneath though. It wasn't didn't come to light like instantly. But like I don't harbour much resentment now mm. because I don't need to. There's nothing unspoken. Unspoken is the big thing. I have a um a client who He's a real strategizer, mm. you know, where it's like, oh, um, you know, my, uh, I had the, I need to do this, but I know my girlfriend's not going to like it. So I need to come up with this, 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 yeah. and this yeah. to create a way to create the scenario where it's okay. Where so she'll it all say clicks yes. in the right moment. Yeah. 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 And if she, if he does all of that and then she still says no. He's think out to the, see. Well, no, think of the resentment. Ah, uh, yeah. Do you know what I've fucking gone through to get you to say <laughs> yes to this? She has no idea. No. It's a massive strategy. Yeah. 
But what he's trying to avoid is going directly to her, knowing that she doesn't want it. She's going to say no. They're going to have to have an awkward conversation, you know? Yeah. It's all to avoid that. It's yeah. this ginormous strategizing, and his parents were strategizers. His mum was a strategizer. It's all yeah. learnt behavior. Very common. But that's that reminds me of resentment. It's like when you're, when you're building these massive castles in your head, these houses of cards, it's like when someone doesn't play the game that you're trying to manipulate them into, that causes so much resentment because I'm I'm holding this whole fracking structure together around yeah. this. For you. For you, yeah. Yeah. Not for you, like no. for me, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, great point. Interesting, isn't it? So, yeah, to come back, that, so that's what, a lot of this is what we're going to be talking about in this program. For gay men, I just want to share part of my journey because it's it's nice for mm. me to reflect. Mm. I remember when I realized that I was attracted to boys when I was 12, my very second thought was I, I can never be that. Mm. As I remember mm. it so clearly going, ah, mm. like two thoughts, I'm gay, I can't be gay. Yeah, wow. You know, wherever that come from, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But that, so, and I went to an all boys school that was quite tough and so being gay Jeez, was the yeah. ultimate insult. You know, yeah. everything was a faggot. Everyone was a homo. Like, that was just every second word out yeah. of the old boys' school. Yeah. And so I just really got the message, the subtle message, yeah. that being a homosexual is not, not going to be welcomed not in that acceptable. environment. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I had to build a persona that was so far the opposite of that. So I guess, you know, it's pretty easy to see that, isn't it? Like for gay men where they go, being gay will get me beaten up, will get me hurt, will get me unsafe, isolated yeah. from the crowd, I'll be unsafe. Mm. So not only can I just be sort of neutral, that's too close to being gay, mm. I need to actually be overly masculine or really show how much of a man I am or, you know. So I sort of developed this persona that was like sort of more masculine and not in the toxic way, I guess, like not in a... But so it was believable and there was no no questions no to be question asked. And literally it. no one did ask the no. question. It was never, no one ever suspected a thing. I, I had no idea. That's right. And so then I got into aviation, which a lot of people are surprised to realize is actually is a very masculine mm. career. Like the cockpit. The cockpit. Is, um, it's, a very, it's just very staunch and there's not a lot of feelings in there and it's men at work with machines and, you know, it's mm. so... The second that out of school and into my flying career, the next persona was even when I came out, I came out when I was 22. So that was actually the year I got into the airline. So I came out the same year I started airline flying. Wow. I didn't want to be known then as the gay pilot. Oh, oh that new pilot. Yeah, no, he's gay, I think. Yeah, oh, that's the gay one. Oh, is that the gay pilot? Let's see. Mm. I want to be the best pilot. This is the career that I've dreamed of my whole life and I've worked and sacrificed mm. everything for mm. I don't want to get some throwaway label that being gay was hard for me. It wasn't that important to me. It wasn't an identity I was really excited about coming yeah. out. It was like, oh, I guess I should come out. You know, I can't live in the closet anymore. It's too hard. But I didn't want to suddenly be celebrating. I mm. still wanted that just to be a small part of my personality. Yeah, wow. And flying was the biggest part of my personality because mm. it meant so much to me. So that kind of reiterated again this being someone that I wasn't. How can I how can I prove to these men that I'm a really good pilot and that I'm one of them and that I'm in the in crowd? I'm not I'm not some puffy gay faggot yeah. that doesn't know how to you know drive machines. Like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, and you're it's, a good driver. Yeah, so I I doubled down on that. Mm. You know, so by the time it came to like 
looking at authenticity and who am I, there was like a lot of layers over the top of it. Yeah. And so now I guess you, you guys only know me, if you've been listening to this, you only know me as a gay guy that's a coach that's, you know, leaning into feminine energy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I wanted to just give you a taste of how dramatic a shift that is from being like overly masculinized to actually leaning in and being comfortable being feminine in a relationship and even like i'm actually very feminine in my coaching and with my clients too very soft Mm. Mm. yeah i love this too um because it that's an extreme i feel like that's an extreme version of what probably we all go through yeah that's right yeah of of this coming out well you just to that point you said um until you're divorced, you didn't even look at authenticity. No, no. But gay people don't have that choice. Don't have the choice. They and have to make the decision on. to cover up. Not so much these days. A lot of kids can come out as yeah. gay at high school now and yeah. not be bullied. And yeah. you know, not always, but it's starting to shift. But most gay people don't have the choice. They know who they are and they know they have to cover it up. So wow. they're very acutely aware of their inauthenticity. Yeah. Wow. It's like you might not necessarily have to face that. No, I was so head on. 47. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I like it. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story because it's pretty You're amazing. welcome. Yeah. And that's what, so with these guys in the program, that's what we'll be looking at is what was your conditioning? What did you try to, what what persona did you have to create to survive, to get through whatever? And for a lot of them, it's a religious environment. It's religious parents and mm. going to church and, coming from small towns that it's all about the church you know and so like if you go out of the religious fold then you are ousted from the community Mm. it's real yeah so what impact did that have fitting in either fitting in or leaving wow yeah you're going to hear a lot of stories yeah brace yourself brace yourself Mm. what um how Will it be? Do you think it'll be hard for them to share that? Is it a is it a group? Yeah, setting? it's a group setting. Yeah, it should be in person, but just because we're going through a COVID wave here, we have to do it online, which is yep. you know not not ideal, but it'll be fun. Yeah, so they're they're going to have to be um, vulnerable and authentic in front of everyone else. Yeah, I guess. well, a group of their peers, which yep. is hopefully makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, um, and in programs like this that I run, we make the container that you know, people share in very tight, so very confidential, very safe. And we're just going to ease into it. So we're just going to start by getting them to share a little bit about how they're feeling and, you know, and who they are and then maybe what they don't want us to know. So we're just going to really start by sharing. Mm. One thing uh, that people don't get a lot of in life is the ability just to share without judgment or without people trying to solve them. Yeah, true. So I'm always really clear on these programs that nobody's broken here and nobody needs fixing and Mm. we don't need your advice. Yeah. So actually just letting them share who they are, the good, bad and the ugly, and then just letting that hang out in the air in front of them is actually quite confronting. It's powerful though. Very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. We don't get enough of that um, while we're conforming and trying to keep that persona alive. Yeah. it's quite powerful to have someone that you can share something with that's not going to try and fix you. It's probably the most common thing I used to do to others. <laughs> I still do it. Yeah, yeah awful. It's been my mistake. Yeah, my mistake too uh, is is offering solutions, and it's a very masculine thing to do. We're problem solvers. Yep. That's what we do. I, I also, I don't like being with someone's pain. 
Right. And I, yeah, my same. whole job is to help alleviate people's suffering. Yeah. So I want to fix it. Yeah. I have the tools. Here they are. It's got me in so much <laughs> trouble, that one. <laughs> throughout my life, yeah. yeah. I'm a fixer extraordinaire. It's hard. Anyone who's listening that's known me for a long time, I'm sorry, because I have done that. Like, sorry And I still do it. Yeah. yeah. And I, and, but I at least have awareness and I try not to do it. But the beauty of having someone that you can just share something with and it can just sit there, like you said, hang out in the air, just, just being with it, it's a powerful bloody thing mm. to be able to do or gift anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting that I'll often, and I do this too, it's not a judgment, but I'll, often when I'm sitting in a cafe or something, I'll just listen to the conversations around me and it's just two personalities talking at each other. Yeah. No one's really listening. Yeah, it's comfortable, isn't it? It's like <laughs> I don't know any different, a, I think, a lot of people. Yeah, it's an unwritten rule. Yeah. Like we don't go deep unless we're drinking or we're, I don't know, alone on an island somewhere and no one's going to save us. Now we'll, now we'll really get real. <laughs> now we can open up. Yeah. Yeah, the, on the set of Lost. <laughs> it's, where, yeah. Where do you reckon this came from? Because it is so pervasive in our society. Oh, it's all the society. stuff we, we always talk about, yeah. Like where our society came from. I personally, I dream of a society where we all hold space for each other. Yeah. Yeah. Where we can, <laughs> where we can, uh, nice cough. Thanks. But where we can, because uh, <laughs> nothing bad actually happens when we do it. That's the funny thing. It's just like when I first started sharing authentically and being like, I felt exposed and vulnerable, but no one, people would always be okay. They would be fine with it. Yeah. Um, in fact, I probably did it too much for a while and people got sick of it. So there's always, there's such a thing as oversharing, mm. but we can do that in different ways. We can do that with awareness that we're sharing our vulnerable truth and overshare that, or we could just be oversharing as a way of coping as well. So there's all kinds of sort of ways to do it. But uh, yeah, it's interesting like that when you're, when you're with people and they are sharing and you, it's like your mind wants to solve problems, wants to wants to fix them, wants to offer a solution, wants to share when the same thing happened to you. Like there's so much goes on. Yeah. And again, you can't beat yourself up for that because you don't have control of it. It's just thoughts that are coming into your head. Yeah. But the practice is to go, gosh, probably the best thing I can do right now is just listen. Yeah. Just ignore all the stuff that I want to say and everything that's coming into my mind and actually just be present with this person. Um, And two things around that, like, Sometimes I'll say to people, and it can sound a bit wanky, but not meaning it wanky, you'll say, who who do you need me to be for you right now? Yeah. Do you need a friend Great just question. to listen? Mm. Um, do you want me to help you work through this and so we can find a solution together to, to make this work? Um, do you want to just vent? And I'll just, you know, yeah. be, do you want me to give you a big hug and, you know, give you some sympathy? We're not at that stage yet. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> and... Another level of vulnerability too is to lean into doing that yourself when you're about to share. If you notice the person's problem solving, just go, hey, if possible, I, I really just need some space just to get this out and share it. Do you yeah. mind just listening? I don't actually, wow. it's not actually helpful having solutions thrown at me just in this moment. Wow. I appreciate that's, what you're trying to do. It's yeah. just not what's needed right now. That's vulnerability 101. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, that's probably level seven. Yeah. Yeah, I love what you're saying here, and I too dream of this world where mm. we can actually share authentically, vulnerably, and someone can actually just hold space for it. Yeah, wow! Thanks. I love that you were sharing one of your clients is sort of a bit 
on it today, wasn't she? Yeah. And one of her friends said, oh, can I share something with May you? May I share something with yeah, you? Yeah, she was like, can you just fucking talk? <laughs> Why do we have to, all these questions and these who, rules. Oh, these rules. And God, I've been through that, you know. When you're new at this, you're just like, it's so frustrating. We're so used just to talking at each other. It's easy. And now you're telling me, oh, asking yep, permission and when I can and do it a certain way and I can't just listen and I'm not allowed to give advice. I've got to just sit here. And it's really confronting to our patterns. Yeah, absolutely. And to wrap this up, I just want to remind you, because I've probably talked about it before, but um, when I first started doing this, I got a, <laughs> I got a cease and desist letter from my staff, remember? Yeah. And they were like, no, I gotta, you always say this, I got to create, it wasn't a legal letter. Oh, yeah. It was just yeah. a, they just said stop. Yeah, they it. just. But yeah. it wasn't actually a legal letter. No, that's true. Thank yeah. you. I just love the phrase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, they got me together in a meeting and said, Jason, we don't know what you're doing, but you're scaring people. We need you to stop it. Yeah. But I was just practicing. I was just trying these new things on that you've talked. Yeah. Talked about. Yeah. Trying to be vulnerable and practice yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. In Brene Brown's work with vulnerability, she said, like, people have to earn the right to hear your story. Mm, mm. So that's a, a, a preface she puts in there. Mm. And I think that's the part that you missed. <laughs> it was, was like you were practicing just being vulnerable to anyone that came into your space. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was oversharing and I was being too vulnerable. With, yeah. But I really was like a new kid in a – I was like a kid in a Formula One car. <laughs> I really had no idea what I was doing. But I just wanted to jump in and do it. And it – I mean, it worked, and it took way longer uh, going through it that way than what we're talking about today, mm. whereas we just have awareness. I didn't know that awareness is the greatest agent for change, which is all you need today is just go, oh, look look what I just did there, and make a joke of it. Because if we chastise ourselves, that's just going to persist. It's not going to help, be helpful. Exactly. Great conversation. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening in. And again, as always, I hope this is helpful. Uh, leave a comment in the group. Come and interact. Uh, let us know what you think. What's your journey been like to authenticity, mm. sharing, connection, and learning to be yourself? What have you been learning about yourself as you've listened to these episodes? What have you been discovering? And uh, what transformation is starting to show up for you? We'd love to hear about it. Uh, have a great couple of days, guys. We'll be back for the big episode 50 in a few days. That was the Transformation Bros with Jason and Nathan. 